So we've been in Jersey City for a week. We are here with our good friend, Patrick Mason. Hello. What's up, Patrick Mason? Look in the camera. Say hi to the people. Hi. Uh, and people. We are doing something a little different than our normal episode. We are actually not doing an Ask a Local because we're not chasing Patrick around with a GoPro. We don't have time for that. And He's we are, too busy. My knees hurt. He's too busy. <laughs> And we are not doing our standard episode where Denise and I are recapping a city. Instead, we are doing Jersey City and a little touch of Hoboken uh, here in New Jersey right now with our friend Patrick Mason. Who better to lead this episode than I'm, our guy? I'm leading it? You're leading it. Oh, yeah. It. Oh, this nice. is all you. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, all like This is ask, exciting. It is. This is our ask, ask an it's expert. It's your big moment. Don't screw it up. <laughs> Ask an expert. Bring it on. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hey, listeners. Ever wonder what it would be like to blow up your comfort zone at the tender age of 50? Well, we did just that. When our last kid went off to college, we hit the road in search of a new hometown. Now we bounce from city to city and bring you along for the ride. This is the Skip Town All Stars podcast. Welcome back, All-Stars, to another great edition of Skip Town. We have a very special, special presentation for you today. I'm excited that my one of my best friends of all time, Patrick, is here. Say hi, Patrick. Hello. <laughs> You're so subdued right now. I don't expect that. Uh, <clears throat> if you have been listening to our show, especially in the beginning, Patrick hasn't done it quite as often in the last five or six, seven episodes, but early in the beginning, we always mentioned Patrick because Patrick would fact check us, which we loved and appreciated, but you've been a little I, quiet lately. Well, I think everyone needs to know that by trade, I'm a copy editor. That right? is true. Right? Yeah. So, so he's he's real time correcting our grammar on the subway over to oh, work every yeah, morning. Yeah, and yeah. facts too. And yeah. facts. <laughs> but today we are going to stay calm, cool, and collective. And we are... <laughs> And we are, are we? not going to let him get under our skin. <laughs> you missed that one. I feel like I'm in a prime seat to get smacked from either side. So. No, he said collective. Okay. Calm, cool, and collective. You'll catch it when you listen to this, Joe. Oh. Okay. He's going to throw- You missed that? You left. He's going to throw Easter eggs in there. Patrick, he's going to be throwing Easter eggs in there. Calm, mm -hmm. cool, and collective. And I'm going to see if you're going to refudiate them. Collected. Oh, man. See, that was a trick. Okay. <clears throat> anyway. Now I'm on my game. Okay. Now you're it's on early. Game. Yes. Yeah. Now you've, entered, one cup of coffee. now you've entered work mode. Yeah. You know, you're one of the smartest people I know. I'm just going to say that from the outset. And the fact that you actually listen to Denise <laughs> and I every week, it's like, you either really love us or you really enjoy the show. It's probably the former, not the latter. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it. I enjoy it's it. very nice. when Even when you critique us, I'm so excited that you listened. I never get upset at the critiques. I'm like, he listened this week. I like, know. I cannot believe Patrick listened. Like, first of all, you have a very full schedule. Yeah. And uh, you could be listening to anything. Mm -hmm. You chose, you choose to listen to us. So it is a huge compliment. Oh, I, totally. He's a music expert, yes. everything. Like he's, I, he's very I, discerning. I can name so. four or five people in my life, especially from Ohio, that really had great taste in music back in the day and weren't listening to you know just radio rock or whatever yeah and uh patrick was always one of them so i know his his music collection is, runs deep it's fast so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can they see those cds and they may I don't know if they could see uh, the cds yeah i remember you know, cds I, of, I did see those when i, I walked in 
I, I thought, I think they're time to go. You just can't. Oh, you should go. see the ones that are in my storage unit and underneath underneath my bed. Like, oh, I just, we need to get rid of those. They're coming back. I don't know, did, no, they they're not. They're coming back. Like it's like, I don't it's think like vinyl, so. Yeah. Like vinyl? Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, okay. okay, so anyway, we are here in Jersey City. No, it's we're been, not. I'm just kidding. We are, we are supremely we are. excited. <laughs> we're here in New York City. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> we are not. I know. We're in Jersey City. I knew we'd push back on that. That's an easy fact check. Uh, New York we know we're not in Ohio. We definitely know we're not in Ohio. So the backstory is Patrick and I went to the esteemed Youngstown State University together. Woo. Yep. It is, uh, a lot of you don't know this, it's the Ivy of the Midwest. Yeah. And uh, we were in the, was what was our major? Telecommunications? Telecommunications, telecommunications. Right, Which I don't think even exists anymore anywhere. No, I don't right? think it does. No, it's no. just telecommunications. Just communications. Isn't telecommunications like... Like phone operators the, for Newsweek back, magazine? Back many, many years ago, I think it just meant like uh, technology involved. Like, you know, involved yeah, right it was in. a very clinical yeah. term, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so they don't have that anymore. We're communications majors together. And uh, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, Denise has uh, conspicuously planted Patrick's Emmys around the room. So you get to play a little bit of Where's Waldo. He's too humble to do it, but we know that they exist here in this apartment of his and we've placed them for our viewers. How do you feel about that? A little awkward, but it's all right. Thank you, I guess. Right. Yeah. I know, but nobody ever brags about themselves. Like, no. well, some people do, but that's not us though. And no, that's, that's not right. you. No. So we're going to brag about Patrick for him. So exactly. for him, for, for him, for him, for him, as if we're I, his parents. I know yeah. I said for him and I, for I, him. I had, I had, Ohio to, for? yeah, I yeah, had to correct Ohio myself for. for him. So you find the Emmys. You find the Emmys. Anyway, uh, so Patrick is supremely talented. He's been living here in this area of the country for about 25 years five years okay so uh going on 26 going on 26 always hudson county never never lived in new york city so it's always you never lived in not even briefly no oh okay always hudson county always across the river hoboken in jersey city yes okay so we're going to get into all that today uh you moved here then in the late 90s yep so you and I had separate journeys i went to one coast you went to the other you also graduated a year before me i believe so yeah yeah so you were off and running. I was, you know, and I, um, you know, it was such a weird time, I think, in the 90s to be coming out of college because we didn't, like, there wasn't a ton of job opportunities at that point, especially where we were from. Yeah. So I took off after college and went to Georgia, Brunswick, Georgia, How to was be that? exact. It was hot. <laughs> it was really hot. It was really, it was really hot. It's humid there. It's, it was and the, the one summer that I spent down there. I was like, I can't do this. So, um, I, I moved back to Ohio. And, and what did you do in Brunswick? Did you get out of college and <clears throat> immediately go into news? Because I did. Okay. I did. And I was think the leaving Ohio was necessity to do that. Like I went down there and, uh, just randomly, this was back obviously before the internet or any kind of job search boards or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I made my way down the East Coast and I stopped at TV stations in Richmond, Virginia, in Charleston, in Savannah. Happened to drive past. A, I saw, this is the craziest thing. I saw like a TV tower, right? The old, you know, the old fashioned, yeah. old fashioned yeah. TV uh -huh. tower. Yeah. And I was like, what's that? Got off the exit. <laughs> Found it. You thought it was, you were going to cut a record with Elvis? Yeah, right. right. It looked, basically looked like that because it was in it was in like this TV station in the middle of like a swamp, basically. Right. Pulled in, uh, walked in, filled out an application, left my resume. My sister at the time was living down there. Her husband's uh, Navy, so that's where I was kind of aiming for. 
The next day I get up and I went into Jacksonville, dropped off my resume at all the Jacksonville TV stations. Yeah. And I came back and my sister was all excited because the local anchor from the, the Brunswick station called her. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's... Looking, looking for me. It was like a big deal. Like, oh, you know, yeah. A local yeah. anchor is yeah, a local celebrity. calling my sister and she was, you know, like all excited about it. So uh, I went in, went in for an interview. They hired me that week. I uh -huh. started... Um, it was like probably the end of February, beginning of March in 92. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And you lasted in Brunswick how long? Not even a year. Not even a year. It was the so heat that did you in. The heat was part of it. Um, it's a little it's a little bit of a culture shock to live in that part of Georgia, I think. If I had lived in Atlanta or Savannah, um, it was very different lifestyle. Very chill slow whatever but you, you were from it. ohio yeah how different was that though i mean honestly like you're in a chill lifestyle in ohio yeah but northerners and i would not describe them as chill yeah it, oh. it's there's a um i don't know i don't know how to describe it right like it's like more urgency you know yeah people in the south i mean people are more you know, intense I, I, i'm in, almost in a little Youngstown. envious of the southern style of kind of just being like okay well you know don't totally. get done when it gets done um but there was that. And then there was also uh, another trend that I didn't know that I was going to be, you know, was going to be such a pivotal part of my life was that the t first TV station that I worked for ended up getting sold while I was there to another company who came in. The woman who hired me was let go. A bunch of the other people who I worked with were let go. This was all like five or six months after I got there. In this small little in market. In this small little That's market. A big deal. Right. So I was like, by the end of that year, I'm no longer sweating because it's December, right? right. Um, but it's Christmas. I'm young. I'm like depressed that I'm away from my family. I don't love this job anymore. My sister at that point had moved to Charleston. Mm -hmm. um, so I I was like, hey, I'm not just not going to do this. This is stupid, right? This is dumb. I have yeah. no I have no emotional connection to these people at this point. Right. Right. You weren't loving the job, obviously. No, but it was a great it was a great starter job. It was almost like an extended internship because I was doing everything there. And that's one of the benefits of going to a smaller market. Right. I was a photographer out running around in the in the field with a camera. I was writing. I was, you know, doing pretty much editing. Like I was doing everything. Yeah. Were you on camera at all ever? Uh no, not 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 for that. No. So you never no, played the only time I was ever on camera was when he shot my uh my, yeah, so my, that's uh, my college. Yeah, my college uh, projects. We're actually going to touch on this in uh, my my Youngstown <clears throat> slash Lake Milton Ask a Local, but uh, I actually uh, showed Mia where you and I first worked together in one of our class <laughs> projects. So anyway, okay, so so uh, your love has never been in front of the camera; it's always been behind the camera. Yes, correct. And when did you realize that you you liked? doing copy editing. How did that, when, where did, where in your career did that come into play? Well, it, uh, So the first seven years of my career, when I went back to Ohio was- So you went back to Ohio after Brunswick? I did. Yeah. I went okay. back to Ohio, kind of get my bearings, you know, straight. And I lucked out because a friend of mine actually worked for a job placement company. So in this position came open, it turned out that the guy who hired me was a classmate, high school classmate of my brother. Oh, so wow. everything kind of just- the pieces all fell into place. And what what station was that? <clears throat> um, that was at the CBS affiliate WKBN, which is um, now owned by the same company that owns the place where I work right now. <laughs> wow. Okay. But was that in Cleveland? No, Youngstown. Youngstown. Okay. <clears throat> okay. It was in Youngstown. Yeah. So once again, as I'm working at WKBN, the uh, company got sold to another conglomerate. So I went to my boss and I was like, look, I've been interviewing at other places. Uh, you guys just had this producer position open, which was completely different from what I was doing, right? Producers mm -hmm. put shows together. They write what the anchors are saying. They, you know, they time out that 
half hour or hour that you're on the air. Um, and I said, I'd like to do that. Would you give me an opportunity to do that in order to keep me here or accept the fact that I'm going to be leaving within the next like four or five months? And he was like, let's do it. So That's I great. switched to producing this, is, this whole, the whole trajectory is so crazy when I put it in, in into words like this, I switched to producing, um, a month later, that boss was let go. Oh, <laughs> but you got your job. You got that job though. So they can't get I rid did, of No, no, no. That wasn't, it wasn't about them letting me go. Uh, the, the guy who they brought in, uh, came in instantly adversarial to everyone, right? It was of like, course. you know, it's typical, He's make his mark, typical yeah. thing where, uh, you know, a boss is trying to make his mark exactly. Yeah. And so I lasted another five months before I ended up finding the job here in New Jersey. So all told in Youngstown, I only produced for six months. Wow. Yeah. That was all, fast. It all happened very quickly. Yeah. Then you made it to New Jersey. Yes. And tell us about, you've been at a handful of stations since, yeah. you, since which, you got Which here. isn't necessarily abnormal in our, it's and not. I think my business, I think- um, I thought that you, sorry, but I thought that in order to, um, in order to move up the ladder in your business, you have to move around. I thought that was a necessary evil. Well, I, so is it unless, I, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain, like, because I think it's different if you if you kind of I don't I don't even want to say start because I didn't start here but when you're here in New York the pinnacle of media right it is true there's so many different opportunities there's yeah. so many different places and you know when I was hired to come here I was hired by uh, uh, News 12 New Jersey which was Cablevision at the time I don't know if it's still oh Cablevision yeah remember Cablevision yeah wow all right so uh, and it was a twenty four hour news channel for the state of New Jersey you just dated all of us go ahead <laughs> <laughs> that job opportunity came up and I jumped at it moved out here it was uh, March end of March beginning of April nineteen ninety eight nineteen ninety eight yeah okay because I, I I was in uh, this is this is how it went my brother and I were going to Ireland. My dad was, we were walking out the door. My dad was taking us to the airport and the phone rang and it was the guy who ended up hiring me at News 12 New Jersey. He was like, hey, I just got your resume. And I was like, I'm walking out to go to Europe. Um, but I can't <laughs> but I was like, I was, no, I, no, I said, I was like, look, I'm like, I don't expect you to hold the job for me. Little did I know at that time right. that the process of filling jobs in television doesn't happen. Yeah, it takes overnight. Minute. Like it's right. like months, months. Yeah. So I was like, can I call you when I get back? And he's like, Absolutely. Called him when I got back. That was on a Monday. On Friday, I drove to New Jersey for an interview after I worked the morning show in Youngstown. Right. This is what you could do when you were young. Uh huh. Right? right. Of course. Uh, had my interview. They put me in a hotel. I stayed like an extra day and drove back. And then they called me two days later and offered me the job. Nice. So, um, so that was all. Uh, that happened that, much sooner than a month. Oh yeah, it was. It was all very quick. So I was out here. Uh, so that happened in March. So it was like April when I finally kind of relocated everything here. Right on. I opted to stay in Hoboken because my job at that time was in Edison, New Jersey. Right. So I was like, well, I'm not going to move into the city where half of them, like half of the, half of that group lived in Hoboken, the other half lived in the city. Right. Or Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, so um, I found an apartment in Hoboken. It was so cheap. Now when I look at it, now that I look at it, it was so cheap. Don't was, even, don't, you, you can't compare well, when, but, I know, right? But here's the thing, like, like I say cheap on, in that, in that, um, the mindset of where I am now, it was $800 a month. Which was expensive then. You know that, right? To me, I wouldn't tell my father how much. I lied Yeah. Oh. to my dad about you how much to, I was paying. You had to because this was 1998 and you're paying $800. Oh, yeah. He, he was like, uh, like he would have, his mind would have just gone crazy if right, I told him right. how much I was paying. So I, I lied. I said it was like five something or 
whatever I made up. And, um, and so I stayed at news 12 for two years, uh, got called from a friend of mine who had moved on to WWOR, which was to the New York viewers, UPN nine at the time, mm -hmm. um, UPN, UPN nine. And they called me in for an interview. I oh, crazy enough at the time that I got called for that interview, I was also interviewing for the place where I'm working now. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Interesting. So Came full in circle. 2000, uh, where I am now, WPIX, PIX11, was launching a morning show. So I was interviewing for that when this other job came up at uh, UPN9. And uh, where do you think I went? I went with the one that had more money. Right? Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. So, Get that $800 uh, apartment. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> which which I then eventually moved out of. Like So, uh, you know, everything kind of... Uh, but UPN9 was also still in New Jersey. Oh, so you still did not so have I to still go had into New no York. reason to go into New York, into Manhattan, other than to go out, right, like to, to do things, to do stuff, things with yeah. my friends. So I stayed in Hoboken and eventually UPN9 in New York got bought by Fox. Mm -hmm. Fox it became a Fox O&O, as we call it, owned and operated. Um, Fox then pulled me out of Jersey and took me into Manhattan, where... I was for seven years at Fox Five in New York. So all told, with with um, between UPN Nine and Fox Five was fourteen years. Wow. So, okay. So that's the bulk of your career so far. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but I find it really fascinating that basically right out of college. I mean, let's just say you worked at that Youngstown station a year and a half out of college, two years out of college, and you are in Manhattan five years later. That seems very fast tracked. That doesn't seem normal because most people in news have to go to little markets. New York is the biggest market, right? Isn't well, it New York now, or is it LA? So I would say now it's New York. What, what I would say now that I'm here for as long as I've been and now that I'm actually a hiring manager, mm -hmm. it's not that it's not that off the mark. It really isn't. Really? No. Um, because I think it's really just about how you do in an interview, right? How you present yourself. I mean, you can have two years of experience. Uh, you know, I hired somebody recently that had a year and a half of experience in Albany, right? Um, small market. Right. Smallish, right. It's just, you know, the state capital. So it's a little bit busier, but um, you know, that, that to me, it's, to me, it's more about like your skill set, your abilities, how you, how you present yourself in an interview and, right. you know, just, it's what you do. Yeah, and if it's I a, throw this person a mess, are they going to be able to swim? Right. right? Yeah. Okay, so it's not what I thought it was because I've always heard that I you think kind you're, of you're, you're actually thinking probably. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. You're you're actually probably thinking more of the on air concept of it, oh, right? Yes. So because that is right. actually a thing. So okay. if you want to be an anchor in New York, you're correct. In New York City, yes, you need to go work in Columbus for a while, and then maybe Chicago for a while before you're going to get called up to the big leagues. So mm -hmm. an on air is different. On air than is behind very the different. Scenes. Okay, yeah. that is correct. Behind the scenes is not like that. Okay. So, but I mean, look, five years. And you are in Manhattan. How are you feeling? I will say I absolutely love New York City. Like, are you, like there are people that you either love it or yeah. you come here for a couple of years and you go, you bail, right? Um, I'm I'm here 25 years later, right? Like, I yeah. love it. I I fear like my next where my next move might take me. Like, would I be bored? Would I be, you know? I mean, because there are definitely pitfalls to everything. Like, you're, you know, I don't, you know, I'm at, I'm in an older age, so. It's different now. It's different right? now, right? Yeah. Walking the streets is different. Getting on the trains is different. Like there's a lot of um a lot of things that change that 
that come with age. They come with age, right? right. So, yeah. and when you live in a city, also, I mean, that exactly. obviously, yes, right. I mean, right. we obviously vacationed together just recently, and I called you the night before we were all headed to Montreal, and I said to James, because this is the old Patrick, I'm going to call him, and I'm going to, he's going to be answering from a bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because, you don't do that and as I much wasn't. anymore. No, you did not. You it was really quiet. And I said, Where are you? you? Go, I'm home packing. And I said, Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes me sound like a, no. a drunk. Oh no. I don't mean it like that. I just mean you like to have fun. Oh, you yeah, take no. advantage of the city. So I bring that up because as we get older, you're not taking advantage of the city and going out and meeting up with friends like you did I, 10 I'm, years ago. I am I, I just this is uh to bring Jamie Lee Curtis into this oh, story yeah, do it. from okay. a couple months ago. Yeah, do it. I am all for anything that happens at five o'clock now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Give me a concert that starts at five and is over at eight and I will be there. Oh, that's right? awesome. <laughs> Happy hours. Come Amazing. I was going to say Amazing. it's merged more instead of let's meet for drinks to let's meet for dinner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then everybody be home by 930. Yeah. So, okay. So, <clears throat> You're still working in Manhattan. I mean, let's get to where let, present day. So you've, yeah. but let's highlight some of the places you've worked. So you were at Fox. Fox. You were at Good Morning America. Well, I left Fox to go to Al Jazeera America when it was on the air. Correct. So yeah. that lasted for two years before that folded. Uh, and then I went to Good Morning America for um, the two years uh, that I spent there, which is where the Emmys are from. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love um, which hand. I like to point I out. That, I like to point out that, that was a full team effort. That was an amazing team. I absolutely loved that job. It was um, all you. It was yeah. all, absolutely. It was, uh, all, it was and, all Patrick. Don't under, do under your tutelage. <laughs> it definitely wasn't. You dragged everybody him across the finish that. line. It's like everybody has to say yeah, that. Tell, tell to Robert Roberts that. Nobody had ever heard of Good Morning America before you were there. Absolutely. Anyway, I left that job because the position that I took at my current job was a management job. And it took me back into the the fold of local news, which over the course of time, I kind of realized is maybe my forte, right? Yeah. It nice. might just be my strength. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I actually appreciate what local news does. I'll go, I'll watch in any city that I visit. I think that we provide something and I'm not trying to make a commercial for what I do, but I think that, you know, we're in a position in this country right now where, there's like just vehement hatred for media, right? right. Yes, yeah, it's absolutely. true. And the fact that local news is getting grouped into that is so frustrating to me because we don't do, we, we provide services that are so necessary and so important. If there's a, a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, right? you know, the first place you're going to go is not MSNBC, right? right. You're going to go to your local TV station for that information. Yeah. Uh, if there's a hurricane coming, are you going to watch CNN? Yeah. No, right? You're going to watch your local station. So we, so like it's 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 yeah. I mean, in LA, we, when we wanted our car chases, we went straight to KCAL. <laughs> yeah, like right. everybody knew. You go to true. Channel Nine. Yeah, there's it's, a car chase on. Yeah. Everybody right. would run to the break room I, I, and turn uh-huh. on KCAL. I'm pretty sure they just keep their chopper up. Just yeah. I think they <laughs> waiting for. Car they actually chases. have a refueling chopper right. that right. they go up exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so like I, you know, I, I, I. Uh, that's where I am now. I'm in this position where I am. What is your What is your title? Uh, managing editor for uh, WPIX. WPIX Pix 11. in Manhattan. Yes. 
and uh, Channel I, Eleven. Yes, and I had the actual opportunity to tour your building yesterday, courtesy of you, of course. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about the building first, because it's kind of iconic. It is iconic. It's actually really cool. It's uh, uh, so the Daily News building. Daily News was the newspaper, is the newspaper here in New York when it was uh, new and fully operational. Was in this amazing Art Deco building on the east side of Manhattan, right on Forty Second Street. The building is stunningly beautiful. It is. it is where they filmed scenes for Superman in the 70s. So the, the Christopher scene, Reeves. Christopher yeah. Reeves Superman. So when Lois Lane is falling and he catches her, catches her, that's outside of the building where I work. Yeah, yeah. there was really a daily news. <clears throat> yeah, there is. It yep. still exists. I'm, oh, well, no, no. That was, in the that comic, was it's Daily, daily Planet. Planet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was Daily Planet, but there really was. Daily News does, yeah. does right. actually exist. And you walk in the still? lobby and there's a huge globe. There's a huge globe in the lobby. It's like, wow. So it looks it's pretty just, awesome. It's, it's from the movie then. That was part of the Superman movie um, to the globe, wasn't it? Well, yeah, but that's because it was just there. Like, okay. right, was it, I know, so, but it's in the movie, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah, because they did. They filmed quite a bit of that movie in that building. So you are a managing editor. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about what that entails. So you show up to work at 9 a.m. and what? Um, 9 a.m. 8 8.30. 8.30. <laughs> um, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, I'm just involved in the morning editorial process with my team of other managers and um, kind of deciding our trajectory of the day, like what stories we're going to cover, what's important, what um, you know, who's which reporter is the best fit for some story that we like or, uh, uh, you know, who we probably should keep away from certain stories. But, um, you know, at the, at, in the end, like I kind of launch the day of what we're going to cover. And then I um, field a lot of the uh, the pitfalls that come throughout that day. Like with reporters, like they'll call me, this isn't, this yeah. is falling apart. What should we do? Like, I need this. I'm like, okay, let's, you know, so there's a lot of, um, yeah, well, uh, when, we, when we were there yesterday, mm -hmm. nobody died in a sinkhole. So then you moved a van somewhere else. Yes, because you're like this yeah. is boring, uh, and you moved them across. I town wish you were. Else. I wish you were still there to see the video of the sinkhole because it literally the entire room burst out laughing when we saw. Oh, it. Oh, why it was, it was like it was super like, tidy? It was the smallest thing ever. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, sometimes yeah. you know, not, not everything's a hit. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, yeah. So that's kind of it. And then as as the day progresses, I um, I work with. I continue to work with the reporters when their stories come in, their scripts come in. I check them for facts. I vet them. I copy ah, edit so them. So that's where it comes this from. Is, yeah. is it as crazy as people imagine it to be? Is it the whole, uh, you know, flurry Adrenaline rush. Running. Yeah. Um, you know that flying? scene in broadcast news where Joan uh, Cusack is running down the hall with the tape in her hand yep. and the, they open the filing doors. Uh, well, tapes don't exist anymore. Right. right. But I've been in those situations. Like it is legitimately yeah. like, uh, you know, well, uh, everything now is, basically digitized so you're you're watching uh what we call the rundown and you're like why is that not ready oh my right. god we're a minute away from it why is it not ready and, now, right. and so like that's the new school of when joan right. cusack would yeah. be running There's no down more the running down a hallway with a tape anymore a tape into a, it's watching the little stripe saying yes, uploading uploading yes, exactly uploading. exactly and it's so, like come on dude wheels right. are spinning right so yeah. it, it is it gets a little hairy it's like you know and also to that point the um the technology that i think we've all embraced isn't always infallible. And then when that starts to oh. devolve, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I've been in situations where entire shows have gone completely off the rails because of technology. Right. So for what as good off, as it is. What does off the rails look like? Give us an example. <clears throat> uh, so have you ever been watching a, a newscast where the anchors start to act like something's wrong and then they go, oh, we're going to take a break. And then they just go to commercial. Yes. That means that everything in the background has just completely... 
<laughs> so the teleprompter went down. Everything. No, single. not necessarily prompter. Prompters tend to be like its own its own thing. It's tip. It's like the system that plays out our videos, <laughs> or <laughs> that you know that that take the cameras. Like if, if you if you have to hit a button to take camera one to see this anchor, or take camera two to see this anchor, and when that stuff starts to yeah not work, it it gets real ugly. Like it gets real ugly. And and so when sometimes you'll see like. Somebody on social media will be like, ha, 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 look at this. And I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't. No. Well, it's really funny. I mean, going back to the example of Parker working in Corpus Christi, uh-huh. uh, it wasn't until we went to meet the staff and all of her coworkers that we realized, especially in a smaller market like hers, uh, the vast majority of the staff there is under the age of 27. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, no wonder, like, you know, the wrong graphic pops up here or there or whatever. It's like, these are right. all kids. Like, right. they all look right. like babies. You is, know? Right. is that the case for you? Do a lot of young people work with you? Uh, yeah, I actually do have quite a few young people. It's it's such a weird um, place in history right now, kind of jumping off what I mentioned earlier. This isn't a job that a lot of young people want to do. Mm. Right. And so when you find the ones who do want to do it, you're very excited. And when you find the ones who are good at it and seem to be grasping it, you're even more excited about it. Yeah. Um, I think part of that is part of what you're seeing and what you just described is also um, I know a lot of people that just got out of this business. It's it's exhausting. Yeah. Like I'm not going to pretend like it's an adrenaline rush from morning to night. Like from the moment you walk in, I mean, you you're are you drained? It's it's crazy. Like I have one friend who uh, years ago she got out of the business and she was my copy editor when we were in um, at UPN nine and she went into a world of of uh, what then were called VNRs like video news releases. And so that's basically like a PR firm hires a company to create a video to sell a product. Um, And she said that the first week she was there, her boss called her and was like, what are you doing? And she's like, what? And he's like, you've given me three projects in three days. And and she was like, yeah. And he goes, you have like three weeks to work on each of these. Right. (laughs) So she like literally had to like, had to learn how to like not be on this like daily deadline uh, craziness thing where she was like constantly pumping stuff out. So, yeah, yeah. I worked, uh, for a while in talk when I first started mm-hmm. in talk television. So Dr. Phil, I worked on Tyra's talk show launch and all that other stuff. And eventually I decided talk is not for me. I love the adrenaline rush, but sometimes the environment was so not really chaotic. It, it just, why I think the the chaos and the exhaustion can feed into a toxic environment sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying either of those shows were one of them was, but uh, <laughs> hey, A or B, yeah. A or B. <laughs> one of them was and the other one wasn't. But, um, uh, you know, ultimately uh, I found as I'm talking with people who work on these shows, like several of them had worked in news yep. at some point, mm-hmm. And now we're working in this environment. And they're like, for as bad as this is, it's still better than news. Yeah. So for wherever they had come from or whatever their experiences were. So. Typically, I think a lot of those productions were done by the same company, so they probably pulled people over, yeah. or people saw those opportunities, and jumped. And back to the toxic comment, it's it's probably good to point out that despite some of the recent high-profile uh, embarrassments for hosts, it's yeah. not always the host that's toxic. Oh, no. Yeah. And, and quite often, it might not be the host at all. Right. It's a lot of stuff. There are a lot of people behind the scenes Absolutely. in every TV production that can make it either fantastic or make it torturous. So- 
That's true. Again, I'm glad I have the team that I have. I think we're all. Yeah, know, everybody we're, we're there good, was uh, seemed good. to have a grasp on everything yesterday. It was awesome. It was a great tour. So, so I, I think it's safe to say you're an um, you're a really good multitasker. Yeah. Um, James doesn't believe that there's such I don't a thing. In multitasking. As, well, he says you can't multitask. Can you can you prove him wrong right now? Um, I, well, I mean, I think you either can do it or, or, or you can't. He said I, there's no such thing. I mean, he literally says it doesn't do it. exist. You only you have do it. The, you only have the bits in your brain to actually be doing one thing at one time. He says you can't, even if you're only doing it for six seconds. Come on, Patrick. You disagree it. with me? Well, because that what you just described is multitasking. I, I guess. six seconds here, so, like you're juggling things, like you're juggling jobs, right? I guess, like but theoretically, you're only focused. <laughs> because your job is defined by being a good multitasker. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the sense that it's just constantly coming at you. Like you're, you're writing. Like you're, like they're, someone they're, is talking. Right. Somebody is pushing buttons. And sometimes okay. 10 things at once. Like that. Like it is oh, no joke. Oh, like you, like yeah. it's literally like All right. I just stuff think, is coming at you. I just you. think in any I mean, given if, moment. To your point, if I have to stop writing to answer someone's question. Maybe that's not multitasking because I'm not. We're going to leave the, the sirens in because we're in the city. By yeah. the way, go ahead, finish your thoughts. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was saying like if 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 your if your point is like I I stop copy editing to answer somebody's question. Yeah. Thereby, I am not multitasking because I'm doing each of those individually. I see your point. Thank you. But I don't agree with it. <laughs> All right. Enough I- of that. And I also think there are probably moments where you have been writing and answering somebody's question at the same time. Oh, 100%. Okay, so you've multitasked right yes. there. Okay, there mm-hmm. we go. Debunked. I love these moments. Most days. Let's uh, let's move on. Okay. Yeah. I, I okay. want to conversate real quick <laughs> on uh, Hoboken okay. and I want to go City. back. Yeah, okay. I, I do okay. want to go back. That's he, Talk City stuff. He did mention, and then I interrupted and asked him a question, and we totally got off track. But you were saying how you either love Manhattan or you don't love Manhattan, and then how your age plays into your love of the city or or disdain for the city. So I would just like to talk a little bit about why you never moved into Manhattan, your love for Manhattan, and we're, like. Just- so I can I can easily answer that. So um, everybody always says to me, "Oh, do you miss Hoboken?" You know, I lived in Hoboken for twelve years. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to people who've never been to this part of the country? The distance of a Hoboken mile. to uh, they actually butt New York up against City. each other. Oh, okay. So to the city, yes. Explain. Hoboken, so if you look at a map, Hoboken and Jersey City are side by side on the New Jersey side of the Hudson River. Manhattan is on the New York side of the Hudson River. So the Hudson divides. Yes. The Ho- let's just talk Hoboken because that was the first place you landed. Yes. So the Hudson River divides Hoboken from Manhattan. Manhattan. You can visually see Manhattan across the river. Correct. You could take a ferry there. Yes. Or you could take the subway. Correct. Okay, so And everything of, you just described is the same in Jersey City. Exactly, exactly the same. same. Yeah. Um it would just be their neighboring towns. Hoboken and Jersey City are just bump yes. up together neighboring towns. So 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 when when somebody says to me, "Do you miss do you ever miss Hoboken?" I always say, "I miss that time of my life." Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't miss the location. The location. This was the late '90s when you got there. So I got there '98. I lived there until 2009. What made it so attractive to you as somebody who was my, single and young? And my age in- at the time. My uh, my. Well, co- what did Hoboken look like though? Let's paint the picture. Was it? I mean, Manhattan has always been Manhattan built up. Uh, yes. if, if you're familiar with like the 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 if you've ever been to New York, to this area, and you're familiar with. Uh, the outer boroughs of Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, the Bronx, to some degree, you'll understand that the, the 
you know, they, they're neighborhoods, right? They're neighborhoods. So yeah. Hoboken, where I lived, was my second apartment, um, was on a street of brownstones. And the brownstones, like, you know, um, they're iconic. Bill they're Cosby classic. style, yes. you know, when the yes. Cosby show was they're on, beautiful. Or, or the people sitting on a stoop in Sesame Street, like that, <laughs> that like, literally, literally was my neighborhood was like that. Like, we would sit outside. I knew my neighbors. I knew, like, they knew me. My landlord was beloved on my block. She was, she was like the queen of the block. Um, so that like when you, when you're, when you work and live in Manhattan, you're always in that hustle and bustle, right? No right. matter what, Yeah. <clears throat> whether you're going to the grocery store, you're going to the, you know, whatever you're going. Yeah. Everything's 15 everything's stories like, up. Bang, right? bang, 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 bang. Uh, you know, so when you, a lot of people choose to not live in Manhattan for the neighborhood feel of being in an outer borough or in New Jersey. So uh, when I went to Hoboken, instantly fell in love with the city. Like it's, it was so charming. It was just, it was, it was at that time already what's known as gentrified. Um, interestingly enough, born and raised Hobokenites were not opposed to gentrification because apparently things were so bad in the seventies and eighties there that they yeah. embraced it. Like they were like, okay, thank you. Uh, clean this place up. So, um, uh, you know, when I got there, I just absolutely fell in love with it. It was, it was like the perfect time in my life to have friends who I've met, friends who I worked with, friends yeah. who I had from Ohio, who were all kind of there at that time, um, to be able to go out, to go to hear a good band at Maxwell's, which was a, you know, pinnacle of music at that time. And, um, and that was in Hoboken. That was in Hoboken. That's actually, uh, uh, I will only reference this that it was used to film the Glory Days video for Bruce Springsteen. Nice. So, um, so when I got there and you know started to and you know like to to Denise's point about me being an alcoholic. <laughs> no, no. Like um, I said, you like to have fun. I did. <laughs> you know, I like I made connections in those bars. Like I, I, I used to when Should I worked. It's a hangout. Well, when, I, when I worked overnight, there was no Bumble BFF. Right when I was when I worked overnights. <laughs> I would have to get up for work at like four in the morning. So like the first, when I was living on my friend's couch, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to have to go out and have a couple of drinks because I need to fall asleep. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I found a neighborhood bar, walked in the first day and met my friend, Joe Turner, who was a Hoboken born and raised Joe. firefighter who is now to this day, one of my best friends. Like we literally met him the first week. I met the, him the first week I moved to Hoboken. Uh -huh. I've seen his family grow. I've seen his kids go off to college now. You know, it's like, it, it, it became like, a family to have those people around me. Right. Absolutely. Right? It, mm -hmm. and it was a community. So Hoboken was really a community. It was absolutely a community beyond uh, what I think people might experience in the city, in Manhattan. And you didn't feel like you needed to be in Manhattan. You really, I mean. No. Okay. Is it anything like LA where if for many years, if you said you lived in the valley or you had an 818 area code, People would roll their eyes. Yeah. They would say, oh, like yeah. always had something to say. Is it that way to say? Were you, the, the were you those you kids know, from Hoboken? I would say. I would say. Or Jersey City now? Uh, no, I would say yes. Um, probably not so much now as it was in the early 90s, early 2000s when. Um, Just wasn't cool to live across the river. It wasn't cool. It was cool to tell people if you lived in Brooklyn, specifically Williamsburg at the time, because oh, sure. that was like the edgy, you know, oh, yeah. the, the Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys. Right. Lived so in Brooklyn, if you were in, so, if, yeah. if I was hanging out with my friends in the East Village, which is where I always was at that point um, when Susie was bartending and yeah. we were all like hanging out there. Yeah. Um, Susie's a friend of uh, all of ours. Yeah. So we, uh, uh, 
if I said I lived in Hoboken, people would be like, oh, you have to take the path train. Oh, home. I was right. just going right. to say that. Right. Oh, oh, you, you got to take, take the home train. tonight. He's a yeah. pather. Yeah. So um, there was a, you know, a, a little bit of that, but oh. it was never, it was never it was to me annoying. It was a little annoying. dig. It was a little dig. Because I would be like, well, I have 1,200 square feet of space and you're living 400. So, right. you know, like. <laughs> For twice the price. So it was like, right, exactly. Like you, yeah. you, you, um, you, you know, give and take, I guess. So, um. You know, Hoboken, though, back to that era of when I lived there before it started, like now when you look over there and I'm seeing this now here in Jersey City, uh, you you've just seen an explosion of high rises and apartment complexes. And, you know, to to bring that full circle from the last thing I said, a lot of people that lived in Manhattan are realizing the benefits of living on this side of the river. Oh, we experienced that in LA. A lot of people who said I would never move to the valley. Yeah. Never yeah. live a mile from yeah. us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because they realize they can get a 2,500 square foot home uh -huh. and uh -huh. for the same price as they're paying for a 1,000 square foot apartment. Right. And, 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 like, and if you're, and if you're renting, like I said, like you can get a thousand square foot apartment in one of these towns versus, um, you know, 400, square foot studio. And I mean, you know, for as <clears throat> as many problems as a lot of US cities have with public transit, uh, and even if New York's pales in comparison to some other major metropolitan areas all, all over of the them. globe. Yeah. Um you still have it's everywhere. You have some sort of public yes. transit everywhere. Yeah. So you know, and New Jersey's good about that. I mean, I have the path train. It's awesome. We have ferries that go across the river. We have buses. Like it's 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 pretty good. Like you know, there are options here. Yeah, I think it's just like such a a part of life here that's ingrained in uh, how people do things that nobody necessarily feels like. Well, I really I need to live in Manhattan, right? Yeah, yeah. unless so. you're like 21, right? Yeah, yeah, but I, and. I well, think I, I mean, would. You were young and you didn't feel that way, but it, I, you I wasn't know. that young. But no, like um, I think that there's plenty of young people who are living in Jersey City, Hoboken, Brooklyn, Queens. Now Long Island City uh -huh. is like hot, um, and they're also I think choosing like not to live in Manhattan because why? Why like a why live? and pay that amount of money for that small space, number one. Number two, why should I live so close to where I work that I'm easily accessible to them, right? right. Yeah, um, that's a very good point. You know, there's a, there's a lot of positives I think that people are kind of realizing and have realized over the last two or three decades of getting away from the Manhattan right. lifestyle. Well, okay, so mm -hmm. yesterday after I did the tour of your station with you, uh, I actually diverted from the course you told me to take home and I got on the train to Hoboken because I just okay. wanted to get a glimpse. Yeah. And I remember that street. Like it's been so Washington long street. since yeah. I visited mm -hmm. you there. But the minute I got off the path, I was like, ah. And there really is something about like coming across this side of the river. And even though there are still sky rises, especially mm -hmm. like I recognize the difference in Hoboken yeah. now. So for you, it's got to be like, holy cow. But um, uh, even though there are still sky rises everywhere, and even here in Jersey City, there are plenty of tall buildings. Yeah, there is a decompression factor. Yeah, there definitely across is. The river. There definitely is. I think it doesn't feel as claustrophobic, right? It doesn't yeah. like you, you. It's it's a little more open air, so to speak. Yeah, but I see that changing, and part of part of my so okay. So let let's um yeah, because you left Hoboken, so yes. Let's so, talk about yeah, what so brought you to Jersey it all City. Up, yeah. Um. The funny thing is, when I moved here in 98, nobody lived in Jersey City. Like, people were literally like, don't live in Jersey City. 
Because it, it, it was bad. It was bad. It was depressed. Yeah. It was it was dangerous. You know, the 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 folklore is that they were basically giving buildings away for a hundred dollars or whatever. Right. Um. You know they, but what I didn't. Blower. You guys have leaf blowers yeah. too. Yeah. Leaf wow. Blowers, yeah. yeah. Um, it's I fine. could sleep right through them. I just thought that was an LA thing. No. I know you turn, you tended to helicopters, leaf blowers, sirens, birds chirping will yeah. wake me up. Oh my gosh, you should see um, us in Texas. We can't sleep with the birds. Uh-huh. Birds uh, chirping wake up Patrick, but everything else puts yeah. him right to lullabies. What, what? Sirens are lullabies. Yeah, we're gonna ignore <laughs> the garbage leaf trucks. Go on. Um, so what I didn't know at the time was that there was this really cool artist enclave. The hipsters. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I didn't know that that was happening here. Ugh. There's, uh, there's. They always make the rent go up. Hipsters <laughs> are the worst. Yeah. Hipsters are the worst. It's the first they sign of their, a changing time. Yeah, literally, right. they wear their three hundred dollar tennis shoes. Silver Lake. Yeah, uh, they. And then all I don't of think sudden, actually. I think I, I. I will say I have to say I think that the L.A. concept of hipster and the New York concept of his, hipster are very different. They are. Very I different. don't think that the hipsters in New York are coming from money. Not all of them. I mean, I think. Uh, I think. Here, they don't drive Range Rovers. If if there were hipsters in New York City in the '90s that had money, they were living in the East Village. Mm-hmm. They weren't choosing to live in Jersey. So they're City. true artists. Right. This was like so. There was a, a factory building that was here that I am so mad that I missed out on it. It turned into this like uh, artist mecca. It's like uh, the Andy Warhol factory. Yes. No, it kind of felt like yeah. the, the way it's described, it kind right. of felt like the 90s, early 2000s version of that. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a lot of great stuff that was happening in that world of music and art uh, at that time. Uh-huh. And, you know, uh, and being able to or not realizing that I was able to enjoy that here in a neighborhood that was less than a mile away from where I was living it's disappointing to me, but at the same time, I was experiencing it in the city, right? Right. Like, um, you know, but it's it, so uh, to to the back to the point of not knowing that this was going on in um, in uh, two thousand one. Uh, my friends Matthew and Stephanie were moving from from Ohio. Yeah, Stephanie went to Ursuline, so Youngstown connection, and her husband Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out. Yeah, they were uh, moving here, and Matthew came and stayed with me in Jersey City. I drove him around like Weehawken and Hoboken. I'm sorry, he stayed with me in Hoboken. I drove him to Weehawken and other neighborhoods where we were kind of looking at places. And he calls me like a week later, and he's like, "Oh, we found a place in Jersey City." And I said. What? And he's like, yeah, it's in Paulus Hook, which is the neighborhood you're in right now. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's, it's really nice. It's a brownstone. And I was like. Don't do it. I was like, I, I'm like, great. Yeah. Like I, like, I didn't know that this was an absolutely charming, beautiful neighborhood of brownstones and restaurants. Yeah. And, and, a and, life, it is. and a lifestyle that. Yeah. You know, to me, I like I had preconceived notions of what Jersey City was because I had stories of my friends who would get off the path train and run to like, you know, five blocks to get home and would run and would run because it was so dangerous. Right. They just felt unsafe, whatever. Right. Um, So I had no idea that this was going on over here until Matthew and Stephanie moved here. Um, They've now since moved, relocated back to Columbus after a decade here. But, uh, you know, it was it was then that I started to kind of be like, okay, wait a minute, something's happening over here. Right. So let's talk about the prices. <clears throat> let's talk about real estate. So back then, what year are we talking where you decided to make the leap and move to Jersey City? What year is 2009. that? Two thousand nine. It was forced. I got evicted. My landlord passed away. It was kind of sad, but I got evicted oh, yeah. uh, afterwards. Were prices so high at that point in Hoboken that you couldn't stay? No. What mm-hmm. was it? Why'd you move then? No. Um 
there was a couple of reasons i think uh i did like i i mentioned a couple minutes ago that i started to feel a little claustrophobic there because of the way that the apartment buildings were all going up around okay right? yeah um that community it, was lot, starting to a lot of thing a lot of the good character of that neighborhood changed there was still a lot of you know great things about it um but it all started to kind of change and then it was like also there was a part of me that was just like i needed to change right oh okay yeah. like i need something different i need and and this neighborhood at the time was already coming around uh to feel a little bit like what Hoboken felt like when I moved there in 98. Oh, okay. right? So you were looking for that again. Yeah, because I like I prefer like something that has a little bit of An grit, edge. right? A little edge to it. Um and and this area of downtown Jersey City had that at that time. And so, it still does. I mean, it still does to a degree. Even though we are now seeing we're seeing uh, it. We're seeing it. Like you can't necessarily see out the window, but there's a 745 unit apartment building that has gone up across the street from right. it. Right. And so yeah. you're starting to see What's happening here? What happened in Hoboken happened yes, here. Yes. Is Maxwell still there? It is, but it's not the same, and it absolutely breaks my heart. Like I, like I, like I got to tell you, like the um, I saw Frank Black there, uh, old ninety sevens. Like it was Beck used to come and play like secret shows. It was the place where the uh, yeah yeah yeahs kind of got their start. Oh. Uh, Yola Tango would play like all through um the eight nights of of Hanukkah. There, it was it was like. It was an incredible. There's a fantastic recording of the replacements. Oh, nice! At Maxwell's from like 1987. Okay, that I actually have on my phone. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so, uh, like, it was such a neighborhood gem. And my biggest disappointment with it was that I didn't appreciate it enough. enough in part because I was working until 11 p.m. at night, so I was always kind of missing all the good shows. Right. But when I, whenever there was something like I, if I had a chance, I was there. So did it have new owners. Yeah, and I think it was also I, I like you know I can't get into the mind of the the owners at the time, but I think they also started to see the changes that I was seeing, right? And and kind of starting to realize that that change, that shifting demographic, was shifting the demographics of the people who would go to their oh, venue, right? Right. It was right. all yuppies now. I, I don't think that they weren't not still they weren't they were selling out shows, right? There's like tickets were selling because yeah. people would still go there. But there was a lot of other things about it that, that, that they, I think they were just finally like, you know, we're okay. done. That's changed with the times. Right. Okay. So let's talk about then housing and real estate and everything. So let's just talk about right now, 2023, two bedroom apartment in Hoboken. How much does it cost? Mm, it's probably about 3000 Two bedroom apartment in Manhattan. Not much. Uh, well, four maybe. Two bedroom apartment in Jersey City. At least thirty seven, thirty eight hundred. Wow. Okay. Jersey City is more expensive right. than Hoboken. We talked about this in the car, right? Like, okay. So recently, um, a real estate company uh, listed Jersey City as the second most expensive city in America, behind New York. We've now passed San Francisco. Wow. Yes. Um, but I like to point out the nuance of that, and that they really only looked at this downtown close to the waterfront portion of Jersey City. Which is how many blocks? Oh, it's huge. Like what? 10 blocks, 12 blocks, 15 blocks? Oh, no, blocks? no, it's more than that. I, I, okay. I, I wouldn't be able to put a blocks number on it because I don't really okay. I don't really know. It includes, that would to me includes uh, where we are now, which is downtown. There's a neighborhood called Bergen Lafayette, which has seen some high rises go up. Yeah. Newport, which I mentioned earlier, which has been, you know, the longstanding neighborhood of high rises. Um, 
and then you know once you get out of that area and back into the uh lesser affluent parts of Jersey City the the people who are ranking us at number 2 are not taking that into consideration okay. um, right they're not so they're, they're not, cherry picking data they're cherry picking data and they're not and they and they and a lot of them will typically only cherry pick their own data right, right. based on their own sales statistics and whatnot. Well, it's a chance for them to Rental beat their chest and say, exactly. look how exactly. great And of course here. it's buzzy, In right? Everybody here is going to be like, oh my God. You know, yeah, right. of course, of course. Um, is Journal Square a part of that or is that? So just- no, no. So Journal Square is so interesting to me because it, it, it it's- I, I, For everybody listening, I bring it up because it's because, I bring it up irregardless of <laughs> your experience. <laughs> I bring it up. Not a word. <laughs> I bring it up because- uh, I know to look for it in the subway station. It's the yeah. end of the line. And yeah. I know well, if I'm in Manhattan, that's how I get back to Patrick's house. Right. So that that's why I find that in that neighborhood so interesting because um, Journal Square, first of all, was called Journal Square because that's where the Jersey Journal used to be printed. Okay. Right. And that's where, so the newspaper was like the focus of that, that neighborhood. Uh-huh. And the path train, one line of the path train uh, terminates at Journal Square. Right. Okay. It goes from 33rd Street in Midtown Manhattan through you know, the village and into Newport and here and then up to Journal Square. Uh-huh. I have been hearing for 25 years since I moved to New Jersey that Journal Square was up and coming, right? right. Gentrifying, up and coming. I think it's happening finally after 25 years. Okay. Um, how it's taken this long with the access that they have to the train and there's actually buses that come right, right. through. There's a bus stop, right, a, a bus terminal right there. Uh, why it's taking so long is beyond me. I cannot figure that out because there are some absolutely beautiful buildings up there, old, um, amazing architecture, right. brownstone houses, like that kind of everything huh. that I've just been describing, like in that general area of Journal Square. But for some reason, it has not been able to shake the, um, uh, the element of of being like poor and oh, immigrant. And it's, it's, it's really kind of fascinating to me. And I actually would almost argue that that's okay right like yeah, you have course. you have if if um uh if you guys had more time here like there the there's a neighborhood right off of journal square that's called little india that's supposedly has the most amazing indian food because that it's 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 sounds like we're gonna miss out right <laughs> we're, we're gonna coming, miss out we're coming back jersey city is the number one largest city in america for uh diversity most diverse Large city oh, in America. Is that right? I can I believe that. I mean, yeah. you walk outside and you're hard pressed to find five white people right. together. When, I when, mean, it's it's when, Asian. When you consider the population, mix. it is a really good mix. Yeah. yeah. And what does that then lead to? Fantastic restaurants. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like you uh-huh. literally, like you go anywhere, anywhere. Like yeah. the it's food insane. in this town. streets. Yes. The food Super in this safe town. around here. Yeah. Uh, but the food. He's talking about the food. Right. Oh, I, I can't. I can't <laughs> say. I'm, just, I'm I, pointing out all the. You know, for all intensive purposes. Yeah. Intensive. <laughs> this is great. I'm pointing out all the good stuff. For all the intensive purposes. It's safety. <laughs> um, no, but it's it's uh, it, it, to back to the Journal Square neighborhood. You have a huge melting pot of of uh, of cultures in that neighborhood, and so I as much as I think like why hasn't this exploded, and I I mean that in a good way, obviously. Um, I also think like, this is so great. Don't ever change it. Don't ever change it. Right. Like, don't ever shake up this little, uh, you know, microcosm of 
diversity. No, it's and- cool. I mean, it feels like an extension of New York City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference being that, you know, I, I mean, it's just, it's great. I mean, I, whenever I have gotten up here, gone downstairs to get coffee in the morning. First off, the coffee game here is amazing. Yeah, I found I like you. five great coffee yeah. shops. You did not lie. And so um, that's fantastic. But it's just interesting in this environment to see people pushing strollers for 20 minutes in the morning, getting all their little kitties off to school. And then all of a sudden you got the business type or everybody running to the path or whatever to get over into the city. It's cool. It's got a great vibe. It's got the same heartbeat as the big city with kind of not all the BS, right. you know? I mean, the one- Not, no tourists. Well, I shouldn't say no tourists. There are tourists here. We're tourists here. I've seen other people walking around with maps on their phones, looking at where they're going and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're not, it's not Times Square here. No. Right. And so, and that's a great thing. One thing I want to mention is we, we keep talking about and referencing the path, which is their transportation. It's a train that takes you from Jersey City and Hoboken to Manhattan. Uh, it's very easy to find. The stations are, are are everywhere. You can also download the app. And a ride from a path station could take you 15 minutes at the least, right? Or 30 at the most. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. It's very quick. Uh, and, it, and it's actually, I have a love-hate relationship with it. I'm sure. Um, as I to, do with most we, yeah, we mass get to, transit. We get to experience it sort <laughs> you know of fanciful what? and you have to yeah, deal with it I every deal day. with it every day. And I lived in a city that had no mass transit for 25 years. So sure. I love this. Yeah. I love oh, this. No. We love it's, the fact that you can like within 10 minutes, no, you can incredible. be on a train and another 20 minutes plus you're in New York City. Yeah, no, I don't take that for granted. I find no problems with it. I don't it. take that for granted <laughs> at all. But, um, you know, as somebody who, uh, the path system as for as good as it is, because I will say it is good. Um, hasn't necessarily grown. Oh gosh. Okay. Has with the any, buildings, I know. Has with the, any though any mass transit no, in the no. country? I mean, and it's easy for the you know for San somebody. Francisco bloomed like crazy, yes. and they still have their <clears throat> the same sinks. part that's running. Yep, exactly. That's been running the same yeah. way. Yeah. Um, and, and they're trying to make improvements. They just recently extended some cars, and they're building out down here at Exchange Place, which is one of the train stations that I go to. Yeah. To kind of extend platforms and add more trains because i think they're now realizing it but it's a it's a slow growth and it's you know it's not an easy thing to fix a system that's been around for 100 plus years right right? and i think people who don't live on this side of the country or have never been over here they don't realize the subway goes underneath or through the hudson river yeah that's me that's actually what the th stands for trans hudson is that what it is port authority trans hudson when i'm on that train (laughs) All I keep thinking is I'm under, I'm underground. I'm in the water. I'm literally in the water a tiny bit, a tiny bit, because how does it not have a leak? (laughs) Who says it doesn't? (laughs) I know, right? Um, I'm in the middle Uh, of the Hudson on this underground train. It's insane. All right. So I have a couple questions Mm -hmm. that I want to ask you. We want to ask you a couple questions. (laughs) Yeah. I'm finna going to do it. So were you here when Sully landed his plane in the Hudson? Oh. Tell me where you were working. I was at work. I was at Fox 5. Um, I was, it was one of the most frustrating days ever because we could not get cameras to the location. Explain was, the event I'm speaking of right now. That was the Miracle on the Hudson. That was when the uh, American Airlines, um, American Jump, Airlines? Was it American Airlines? Yeah. American Airlines flight. Yeah. Uh, I used to remember the number. I used to remember all the details of it. They took off and hit a flock of birds. And, birds. Uh, and then Sully- Sully Sullenberger. I don't think that was his real name, was it? Well, it's probably Sullivan. And they called him Sully. Sullenberger was his last name. His last name. Oh, oh, oh. Mike Sullenberger. I forget his first name. Tony. 
he uh, <laughs> Larry. he he uh, successfully <laughs> landed that plane on the Hudson River. Um, anybody who's familiar with it knows the just the iconic image of that plane just floating down the river and people standing on the wings and you know everybody survived and what was it like in the newsroom? Chaos, pure and utter. Chaos. Why could you not get a camera there? Well, we were specifically just... because, uh, let's face it, this was the side of 9-11. So was there, I'm sure there were people who weren't watching the um, news all of a sudden saw this plane. Well, yeah. So I think there was definitely, you know, an element of panic for people who saw it on the west side. Um, my station at the time, Fox, where I worked, was on the east side of Manhattan. Oh, and then by the time everybody kind of realized what was, happening. what was happening, it was early in the morning. We were basically out of position with every one of our crews to get them over to the oh. other side of Manhattan without when traffic just turned into a complete and utter gridlock. So it took us hours. How are you a news station? You have no coverage. What do you do? Uh, we were on the air. Uh, we were on the air with... Um, like traffic cameras and okay. and what roof cameras we could get. And eventually, you know, things kind of started to fall into place. But it did, it Is did there cost a, way- a few people their jobs, actually. Ooh. Wow. Like, wow. yeah, it cost a few people their jobs. Is there a jobs. way – so just thinking of this logistically without having to sidetrack too much, but – um is there a way to just get a reporter with one of those travel packs on a subway? They did didn't you? exist at that time. They did not. Okay. Not like they do now. Okay. What he's talking about is uh, systems that a lot of TV stations use now, which are uh, basically like a backpack that you can do everything. You can transmit live shots. You can. Oh, you know, okay. I didn't know. know what you were referring yeah. to. Yeah. Right. So they didn't really exist at that time. Okay. They might have, a, but they weren't being used. In right. The, they weren't being used. You had to get wait. a van. I was going to say you, you had to get the van. You had to have a microwave truck or satellite truck. Oh my truck gosh. Or you couldn't even get the subway with a transmitter or anything. No, you needed a van. No. Right. So if there's traffic everywhere. You cannot That's get there. That's exactly, exactly what happened. So, um, you know, it was just one of those situations where we were just poorly positioned. And we weren't the only ones. Like other stations struggled as well. It was just, uh, you know, it's it, the interesting thing about news and, you know, breaking news is is uh, you're, you're, you're really only as good as how you react and how – uh, you know, your team is your team is right, and 100%. in that case, we tried. Everybody was trying to get where they needed to be, and yeah. it just wasn't happening. Right, um, but we recovered, recovered. But the first couple hours of that day were were pure and utter chaos. I'm right. sorry, and we were seeing a lot of pictures were coming in. You know, there were things. There was there was uh, an, there was enough that kept us on the air, and we were able to give it the coverage that it deserved. But it was frustrating. So, honey, it's okay. He's done all right. He's, he's he's recovered. He's a managing editor now. So true. I do. I'm feeling bad for you. He survived, right now. honey. I know. I know. She, she just goes. I'm so sorry. Like all, as this like, Emmy, like as this a, Emmy sits behind me. I know. I'm so sorry. That like you had out. a boo, like you had a boo boo. Perhaps I was only lucky because I wasn't at a level of management when that was all going down. Maybe I would have been the one to lose my job, but um, it was yeah. Right. It was what it was. Right. We want to talk about 9/11 a little bit because a lot of things changed after that time. Yeah, I mean, obviously the whole country changed, right? It changed it changed America. Yeah. Um Where were you? Were you working? Uh no, I was um I was at the time I was working at UPN nine in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was off. I think you guys might remember I was supposed to fly to LA to visit you the next day. That's right. I was I had a flight for JetBlue, which had just oh launched gosh. on on September twelfth, that is right. And I was off. I took the whole week off for vacation, and I was flying out there to stay, to stay with you guys. Yeah. Um, I think I remember asking you, "Are you still coming tomorrow?" <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I remember you. <laughs> now that you bring that postponed. up. Now that you bring that up, I'm I remember walking. you. We live in Jersey City. I was Hoboken. My brother called and woke me up. Uh, obviously, like the rest of America, we were all confused about what was going on. Sure. And I was like, damn it, I'm supposed to be on vacation. Um, and then the second one, the second plane hit and I said, I got to go. Could like, you see the smoke from Hoboken? Not from my apartment. Um, I could see it when I was driving out. And I made my way to Sea Caucus, New Jersey, where my station was, and basically kind of lived there for the next seven or eight days. Um, wow. But, you know, I like, I don't want to dwell on that because that's obviously like, uh, you know, a very, very depressing incident in American history. But yeah. um, you, you, it's hard to talk about where I am now and where I live and where this city is. Jersey City, Hoboken, Manhattan, all of it, without acknowledging how that incident changed um, the way people live, right? It was something none of us ever ex- could have expected or thought would ever happen. Yeah. Uh, you have people who, like all of these cities around here that just, you know, were impacted in some way or another, like there were residents who were in those buildings or, you know, there were, you know, people who were firefighters that, you know, went over there, whatever. Um, you know, but it, 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 it it kind of, I kind of think of my life in this New York uh, era of pre and post. What was pre nine eleven for you then? Pre nine eleven was freewheeling, right? Like it was, yeah. it was fun. Like we were, we were hanging out in the East Village. I would roll home at six in the morning. I think I could safely say that now. <laughs> um, you know, it was, it was fun. There was a, there was a vibe to it. There was, and. I will say that after, uh, a lot of that still existed and a lot of good came from post 9-11 in the world of arts and music and, and growth, right? Like the, like the, there's always, whenever, whenever, uh, an area recovers from some sort of, uh, tragedy or, yeah, or incident, catastrophic event, sure. right. They like, you, you're going to have growth that comes from that. Right. And I think that was a lot of what had to do with the, um, exponential, growth of Hoboken at the time, mm. you know, because a lot of people wanted out of Manhattan, right? A lot of people were like, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you start looking at how that went down and right. thinking like, how would I get off of this island if I had to? And so people, there were, there were people that were just very uneasy sure. about it. Oh, I could see um, that. I knew people in the Hoboken side that were like, have to this day never gone back into Manhattan. Is that right? Yeah. Like uh, it's, oh. if you, cause if they don't the need anxiety to. anxiety of that still persists. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it wow. did, it did, wow. it, it, it persists, I think, obviously, yeah. you know, um, especially because some of them were people who were near everything that went down. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it did create this kind of shift to the west side of the, of the river. Um, which then I think is what led to what we see now of all the, uh, you know, the, the pop-up of, you know, big high rises and apartments that needed to be built to accommodate that. Right. right? Or, you know, it's just all about money at the end. Like these, the developers see dollar signs, opportunities, opportunities sure. to, yeah. to get more money. They're going to build to, to, you know, if you build it, they will come kind of concept. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, you know, it did kind of change just the way people kind of live their lives at that point. How do people talk about nine 11? Here we are. How many years now? 20, 22, I said, yeah, mm-hmm. 20. Uh, Cause we just had our 22nd anniversary five days ago yeah so your first day in jersey it city it was it was mm-hmm. and just it was really odd like when it's you, surreal when, you, when it's, you brought it up I, I i thought i can't believe i'm here it's like every historical thing in don't you mean historic we could debate that i think right 
Don't on. we have this conversation once before? We did. Every historic event uh, in American history has that uh, initial years following where it's like so devoted to remembrance and, and whatnot. And I feel like that's faded a lot. I mean, we still have nonstop coverage in the morning of, of the memorial right. ceremony. And, you know, it's uh, people don't talk about it. I was going to say outside, though, the actual day of 9-11. Is there yeah. any talk about it? Not unless it's like... Uh, yeah. There is if it's, but also kind of depressing. It's like if a police officer or a firefighter who developed cancer from being wow, down there dies, the that's a, that becomes a story, right? That becomes right. a news story. There's news. There's news all the time about that aspect of what we're still, you know, we're still dealing with victims of that of attack, right? Right. Um, you know, the government they actually had to go and fight for funding for that program to oh, to provide health care for people who for the firefighters ran into yes. those buildings to help people right like yeah. um you know and it's embarrassing that that was even that that even became a fight i don't know if you remember seeing the clips with john stewart when he was down in dc and yes. just completely losing his mind over it and thank god you know he's john stewart so people were listening to him right right yeah um you know, so it comes up in that kind of world of, of uh, you know, if, if, um, if a museum puts up an exhibit that's devoted to or, you know, that. But it's not – I don't know that it, it lives in the um, – Vocabulary the of people. The of every yeah. person, right? I think I'm if you're – Not living in New York, we don't hear a lot about – nobody really talks about 9-11 not living in New York. Yeah. Obviously, in our travels, it's not in a, a, a conversation. No, but I mean, it's, being in it's relegated I wondered, to – Post on Facebook on the day, right? Yeah, and that's, that's it. what I was wondering. Living and working in the New York area, if it is ever talked about outside of the actual day, but I guess not. Okay. I think uh, I, I think the people who are dramatically, I'm sorry, not dramatically, directly impacted, family yeah. members, loved ones, people Got who it. work there, are the ones who are constantly living with that that um uh you know over their head, right? Yeah. Uh, the rest of the rest of us, I think, you know, we you kind of move on. It's sad to say, like you'd kind of move on. And there's right. a whole generation of people, kids that are working with me now who don't even remember it. Right? Oh, because they were two. They were so little, like when that happened. Yeah. So, you know, it's um it's just the kind of way life goes, right? We we grew yeah. up we grew up knowing that Pearl Harbor happened, but how much did we talk about right. it? Right. There's so much distance as, between as, it. But, very good right. point. but I will say it was especially poignant being here in this area for us this week. Because we actually got to look across the river and see, you know, the new tower and everything, and yeah. the memorial, yeah. and it did give me a moment of pause. I'm not going to lie, and I think but, it just, you but know, it's good to see that being regionally in the same spot. It's good to see that recovery, though. It's like good to see that and look at it as it like, uh, uh, you know, what you're not going to take us down, right? right. You're not right. going to stop us, right? Yeah. So that's the other um, side. And you know, and I, I would, you know, argue again to just bring it all full circle to how this whole area has has grown around New York, Hudson County, Brooklyn, Queens, like all, like it, it, it it's good comes from bad, I guess. Yeah. Right. Like there's always, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you're, you always have to find that, that, that silver lining of, of whatever. Yeah. People are resilient. Happens. All right. So, uh, we have some general questions for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's get into, uh, do you have a top five about Jersey city? Um, yeah. Can you bang them out real quick? I would say a lot of what I've already described, the diversity, mm -hmm. the food, right, uh the walkability, yep, um the access to the city, to mm -hmm. Manhattan. Yep. Just the energy. The energy right? is good. The energy is good here. Like nice. I like I it's hard to describe until you've actually been in it, 
right? It's true. Yeah. So, so do you have a bottom five or can you tell us what could Jersey City do better? Parking. <laughs> Isn't that every city though? Is parking all five of your answers? It's all five of my answers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree. You are really fortunate. Like Denise and I have been popping out of this garage, like yeah. two door, three doors down from you. That garage shouldn't cost like three hundred and twenty five. It should a not. Month, it should not. Right? Yeah. If I wanted to rent a space there, for I needed a month. to talk to a loan officer before I got back in there today <laughs> because they've taken all my money. But yeah, um, uh, yeah. I, but I mean, there is space, but it is super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Our friend uh, Cheryl Steinman, shout out. Her father. Uh, owned listen to this back in the day no credit cards cash only parking structures wow still owns them in manhattan in manhattan <laughs> yeah and <laughs> you know what she used to do on her weekends go with him to work and count the money for him wow isn't that crazy oh my god it yeah. must have been yeah. what an education yeah. that was right yeah, yeah. <laughs> isn't that crazy like here isn't i am it? counting all dad's money yeah, for, for, i remember meeting her and i said what does your family do? And she goes, oh, we own parking garages. And I said, where? She goes, Manhattan. Oh, I was like, awesome. yeah. oh, hey, God bless him. Brilliant. Right. Nobody right. in the family, nobody in the family wants for anything as long as grandpa's on the case. Yes. Right. You know right. what I mean? And it's like, it, it honestly, uh, it, it, who would have thought? I said to James, who had the foresight to think parking? Yeah. Like who thought that you were going to need parking? It's right. so basic. Like when you think about, it's the most, uh, sometimes the most, uh, Obvious. successful mm -hmm. careers or successful ideas are the most obvious you're right, right. Yeah, right but i mean now it's like a consideration for anybody who lives in a major city in the united states it's yeah. something you think about before you agree to make plans with people oh if, is there you're, parking? if you're driving a car oh all the time is well, there parking i actually you don't have I, to worry about that when i moved over here and i was looking at apartments i was looking for ones with parking spaces but then this one came through and it didn't have one that's why i'm on the street right um but then i was like you know what I don't need my car. I'm just going to get rid of it. You were without a car for a while, no, right? No, never. Oh, never. No, because <laughs> the very thought of getting rid of my car after driving since I was 16 years old right. gave me absolute it's, panic it's, attacks. Panic. Like I was like, it, yeah, I can't what do if, it. What if the zombies come? I can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, okay. Coming from Ohio mm -hmm. to a big city like New York, is there anything you miss about the Ohio life? No. My family, <laughs> my family, hi family. That's family. about it, huh? That's about it. Yeah. And I see them a lot. Like I, like yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very close family. So, um, I, I get to go home a lot and see them. And I see a lot of my friends who I, yeah. people I grew up with. And you know, I, you know, I have no ill will towards Ohio, right? Like no, I think we grew up in a time when you guys touched on this in your previous episodes, like. Yeah. It's depressed and it hasn't fully recovered. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people, uh, they're still there. I love to see them when I go home. And I just know they're still going to be there when I go back. Right. 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 Uh, and point. I don't mean they that in a bad way. I don't mean yeah. that in a negative way. I just yeah. mean like. They're content. Uh, right. So I like I never I never think like, oh, boy, well, I wish I was in Ohio for whatever. I always think it's going to be there. Like my, you know, yeah. my my. uh Again, my family is very close. We get together, yeah. you know, multiple times a year. Uh, we're all taking a trip to St. Lucia in January, so like we like oh, each other. Like that's it's amazing. which is which how about is, that? Which is crazy, right? Yeah, it is. Um, because I'm the youngest of nine, so yeah. Uh, but we all we all genuinely like each other. So um, I don't I don't really have anything that I would say I miss in that right. regards. So I think what the way you're questioning yeah. is we've traveled a lot. I grew up in Chicago. We've lived in L.A. We've been in other cities. I got to tell you the one thing for me that I 
I've asked so many people that I've come into contact with that live in New York or live in Jersey City. I don't know how you do the groceries. Do you do not do you not miss pushing a grocery cart That's down the aisles? That's why I have my car. Because you, you travel it. out then to get the, oh, groceries. Oh, yeah, no, I'll you drive can't... to the grocery store. I, oh, you do? First yeah. of all... You do a little Costco action and all yeah, that? Yeah, there's an Acme that's right oh. on the other side of where you guys are staying. Acme's so if you don't store. know what I'm referring to, if you're not familiar with this part of the country at all, when you're in Manhattan, and now I've experienced it here in Jersey City, I actually thought it would be different here. I thought I could walk into a Ralph's. I thought I could walk into a Kroger. You can. You didn't. Where? You probably didn't. There's a ShopRite literally at the end of... What's it called? ShopRite. It's a grocery is it, store. Is it like big? I thought he would say in shop right there. It's right next to BJ's. Like there's a BJ's. Okay. Uh, because so I, you can. I walked to Hudson Market. Yes. one. Okay. Nice little place over there. Yeah. yeah. And and I just realized when I got there, don't overload this cart because whatever <laughs> you, gotta carry you, gotta carry it you have here, you yeah. have to carry. And to me, that's insane. And when you go into Manhattan... It's it's just even more worse. Worse. So, it's even worse. I mean, yeah. Hudson Market had a baby cart, so I at least got a baby cart. They call them millennial but don't you think, like, don't, But oh, don't, don't, yeah. so to the specifics to the, like we to the specifics of Manhattan, people. I don't think people grocery shop in the same way they do in the suburbs because a you're probably going out to dinner three or four times a week, right? Is Jersey right. City considered a <clears> suburb then? Technically, Got right? It. We're okay. still urban, though, so yeah. it's not like suburban, you know, Jersey. Right. Um, but then going out to dinner three nights a week is so expensive. I just had this conversation in Manhattan. It's so expensive. It is. It does. It adds up. But um, I think of people that grocery shop, say, if you go to Trader Joe's in Union Square uh, or, or Whole Foods down, you know, down in the financial district, like you're only going to take home what you need for a couple of days. What you can carry. What you, it's can carry. It's, yeah. what you can carry. But, but I also don't think you overshop because things go bad so quickly now. Right. That's right? true. Yes. Especially if you're shopping at Whole Foods or Trader Joe's where things are supposedly organic. organic and then that stuff is like, you know, in you know three days. Three, three days, days your 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 um strawberries are mush. Your avocado looks like uh right. well, turd. Yeah. Even if the uh <laughs> <laughs> can okay, I say that? So, Even if it, yeah, you can say that. Okay, uh, so, so you, so the one thing you, okay, so let's be clear. You, you did keep your car to go grocery shopping. So you do miss that, the grocery uh, stores. That's Ohio. No, well, that yeah, is Ohio. That's the Ohio it's, in you. There's that. And it's also just easy access for me because a lot of my friends who lived in Hoboken are now down the shore. Okay. Right? right. When they had their kids and they moved up into their big houses at the Jersey shore, uh, I could get in my car and be down there in 45 minutes. Okay. Right. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. You know, I like that. I also like, I also needed that access to be able to jump in my car and go to Ohio if I needed to. Oh, because right. you are close with your family. Yes, so you do visit quite a bit. <clears throat> so, yeah. so well, it doesn't make sense. I mean, if the grocery store is only three blocks away and you can go there whenever you want after work or before work or whatever, then what's the point in buying $300 worth of groceries and trying to carry it home oh, uh, okay. when, it's, when you have access to it all the time? Like it's easy access. But these little corner grocery They're stores- expensive there and you can't find everything look i'm on these recipe you know websites and when ina garten is saying oh you God. need to get blah 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 i'm not getting it down at hudson market okay <laughs> I, be, yeah. no so i've got <laughs> yeah. i'm i'm in a pickle yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i don't know what your new york people do for ina garten recipes she's the same as the barefoot contessa oh, yeah, right? she's same, exactly same, same person yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so Fine. anyway all right so final question uh, Jersey City. Are you ride or die? What's your deal? Are, can you skip town? Are you going somewhere eventually when you retire? Are you going to work in Manhattan <laughs> until you fall over? Yeah, right. What's happening? Um, 
That's a good question. I honestly don't have a good answer for it right now. I feel uh -huh. like right now, ride or die. And, you know, I'm not opposed to an opportunity that might come up that's going to change that. But at the moment, I'm perfectly fine where I am and, uh, you know, complaining about walking the stairs and in the path. getting on the trains and sweating <laughs> when the train doors close in the middle of the summertime and yeah. freezing on oh my, my walk to the train in February. So I'm a bloated, um, sweating yeah, mess. Yeah. Well, come back in February and, and uh, you'll be freezing. Yeah. 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 So, so you'll just be complaining, but still doing it. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. All right. All for right. now. Sounds for now. Fair. Well, we can't uh, tell you how much we appreciate, number one, your hospitality and having us here. Of course. And number two, how much we've appreciated what you've meant to our family over Aww. the last, what you meant to me even before I ever had a family. Aww. And for also uh, obviously being a very, uh, very supportive person of our family for the last quarter yeah. century. Our, you know our daughters all I've, adore I've you. I've absolutely loved seeing the growth of your family and seeing what your what you guys have done so successfully with your girls and and raising such wonderful you know just just amazing women right Thank you You've Aww, absolutely i don't so know how nice you did say. that i'm gonna say i don't know how that. i did that. <laughs> um but no um but seriously like it's 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 such a pleasure to be a part of your lives and to see that and it means thank a you. lot. It means a lot to me. That's yeah. so, thank you so much. Same. So, uh, if you're around Jersey City and you see our guy Patrick, you better uh, say hello. Pony up for a little Makers and Ginger, <laughs> or an espresso. Espresso martini. Espresso martini. Espresso. Espresso martini. Sorry, I just had to squeeze one yeah. more in there. Uh, that's gonna wrap up this episode from Jersey City. Take him out, Patrick. Empty nest, full tank. <laughs> that was very, is that right? that was very awesome. tepid. <laughs> that was awesome. Was, I couldn't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Yes, we are leaving it. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.